Blog Talk Radio. Everyone and welcome to God Got Goons on Purpose Kingdom Network. You know this is the one thousand seven hundred and ninety fourth episode. Now, what I'm gonna do for you tonight is I'm not gonna give it to you. I want you to see if you can figure out something that makes it special, and then you can call in and you can let the world know. The number to call in is three one nine five two seven six zero nine one. Again, that's 319-527-6091. And remember, the episode number, like I said, is 1,794. For the people that are real good at math, you already realize it's 21 or whatever. But if you know something about that number, because I thought that what today's date was, especially, you know, it's 316-23. So you know what 316 is, is for God. So, you know, that's John 316, we would say. And that's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So you know what we say on D-Block, it's for the whosoever will. So how we got to where we are today, we actually claim it and take hold of it and say, no, no, I'm sorry, sir, but God got goons, and we out here, and we working together, saving God's kingdom. And tonight, I figured, let's talk about it. Let's come straight down the middle. We're going to talk about doing right in a wrong world. Because you understand that the world is filled with chaos, violence, negativity, and we all understand that. And sometimes it's very difficult to stay on the right path or just, you know, make real good, healthy, ethical decisions. Or how about even just not want to look down upon somebody that's doing something that's so out of character for you, you know, that you just first and foremost just, we cut them right off the bat because we're just trying to figure out why are you so wrong right now? But tonight let's talk about doing right in a wrong world. Now, of course, you know, like I said, this is Gaga Goon. So the way that I need it to feel is that not the goon that's on the street that we are scared of, but the goon that needs to be on this from whatever it is that we see right now. That's the kind of goon that I'm calling on for tonight. So as we speak on this doing right in a wrong world, you got to understand that I'm asking for someone to step up. I'm asking for someone to take the charge. I'm asking for someone to understand and feel me when I'm saying what I'm saying tonight because I'm speaking up and I'm going to do right in this wrong world and I can't do it alone. So the question is, are you really with me? Again, the number is 319-527-6091. Please share the number, share, share the link. Do whatever you need to do to tell somebody else to get on here and let's talk about it because at the end of the day, the more we talk about it and start doing something about it, then we will actually become the change that we are definitely in the need of seeing. It's funny because um, y'all know I have these moments. And I, I think that there's this baby. I don't know if I ever told y'all about the baby, but the baby was eight weeks old. And when I seen the baby, I went to, you know, do an altar call or whatever. And I went down there because the pastor was calling for something about, you know, who needs prayer for speaking out against things that are, you know, it, it just seems like people would be not so much gun-ho about it because they knew that you was about to cause a big ruckus. Like, you know, like a lot of times when you're standing up for right in a wrong world, it makes you feel bad because you're the only one that's actually speaking up on right. And, and, and that shouldn't be. It should never be that way. But I know for a fact that I went down there for prayer. And this young baby, this, I mean little baby, 
was in a carrier, not like the regular carrier that we would see, but the carrier that is actually wrapped like just a sheet where it keeps the mom, keeps the baby as close to the womb as possible. But when I walked up, that baby stuck her head, lifted her head up off her mother's chest, turned her head all the way around, and spit her pacifier out as if she was about to speak to me. It completely stopped me in my tracks, y'all. And when I tell you it stopped me in my tracks, I was like, okay, I was literally waiting for her to say something. Now, her mother even realized, like, what in the world? Like, I've never seen my baby react like this. And when she, when the prayer was all over, I had to say something to the mom. And I said, how old is she? Like three months? Because, I mean, she was a baby baby. This lady looked at me and said she was eight weeks old. Well, now, bless God to that, because I know I've been on Purpose Kingdom Network for at least about six years now, and I've been talking to people and telling people what God is trying to say, and I done called for the world to have a pause and a, and a reset and all kinds of stuff. This is years before the pandemic happened. So then once we got through the pandemic, now you see that we did actually have a pause and a reset. But all of these things that I'm saying to these adult people, I realized that a baby who's only been here for eight weeks, knew my whole skis, knew everything about me, knew everything that I was speaking of, and basically let me know she was waiting on me. So tonight, I'm calling on y'all because at the end of the day, if she's waiting on me, the only way that me becomes more than me and me becomes we, remember what I told you 2023 is, 2023 is the year of we. How we going to stop this thing, how we going to call it what it is, and we going to stand up and unite about some stuff. So tonight on God Got Goons, we are going to talk about doing right in a wrong world. But then I thought about it. I said, well, you know, we have examples of people that have done a right in some wrong times. Now, I remember growing up like Nelson Mandela. Remember, Nelson Mandela was in South Africa, and that was the anti-apartheid, you know, anti-apartheid revolution. And he was really, really big on it. He actually spent 27 years in jail. Remember that? He was in prison for all that time just because he he wanted to stand up for the fact that they needed to have rights, that it was not supposed to happen like that. So then after 27 years, Remember, he gets out, and then he becomes the first black president in South Africa. I, that was in 1994. Now, I'm dating myself because I remember that, okay? But I remember that because it was major because he should never have been in jail, but yet he was in jail for 27 years. Now, I wasn't 27, but in 94. So understand, I was still in my teens. So that meant that Nelson Mandela had already been in jail when I was, a, a, a young child, uh, not even born, actually, you know, like I, very, very soon. But despite all of the things that he did and all of the decades of discrimination and persecution, he still was committed to the nonviolence and the resilience that he was, you know, that he preached. And he was serious about it to the point where they actually elected him as that president in South America. Now, you and you think about it and you say, okay, well, what makes a person want to stand up for right in a in the wrong world? And then you have to really think about it and think, think about who those people are and what are they actually doing? Like, who are the people that we can resonate with that when we think of doing something or speaking up on something or standing up for something, like, are there people that we should be able to see? You know, the first person I thought of, you know, that good trouble, John Lewis. And we talked about John Lewis for the last, what, year and a half. And I'm sure he is resting now. But understand that as he was living on this earth, he was fighting. He was fighting for a long time, all the way from, you know, like 65 in summer when he got hit 
right? Like he got, it, it was a big thing about John Lewis because John Lewis actually was a young man in the civil rights movement, but he was a man that spoke up on the violence and the discrimination at that time. And then because of the fact that he got beat up by the police, you know, that really, really made it bigger because, you know, once you get beat up, you really think that you're going to stop your cause. You know, you're not going to keep getting beat up just because you're trying to do something right. But John Lewis really stood the test of time. And then he actually went into the U.S. Congress, you understand, so he could make sure that he was actually a part of those laws, a part of standing up for the racial injustice and equality. Like, he was making sure that what he did was actually something that counted. So that's an example of doing something right in a wrong world. But then I thought about it, and it was cute because, you know, I was – I kind of do some work. I kind of do some research. I don't just come on and just be like talking anymore because I understand that the reason why we come to meet is so that we can understand a little bit better so we can maybe learn something. And then maybe it's so intriguing that we can actually start the conversation another day with another people. And then, you know, it can actually be one message that goes all the way across the world, but because it's a good message, I ain't talking about somebody getting beat up or I'm not talking about who got killed and all that other kind of stuff because those things spread like wildfires. What we're trying to do is spread good, positive message, messages after messages. So think about it. You got John Lewis, you got Nelson Mandela, now, when I start doing into it, they, they came up with Ida B. Wells. Now, it's funny because this is early times, 19th, early 20th century, that we're talking about Ida B. Wells. But Wells was serious about the brutality and the, of the lynching that was going on down south. And she was seriously working to promote anti-lynching legislation. She was serious about it to the point where I mean, they were they were threatening her life, you know, but she was serious about what it was she was doing. So that's how you need to sometimes be. You need to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in that thing. If that's how you feel, if you are committed to it, then that is what it's calling for you to do. So to do right in a wrong world, you know you got to be committed. You got to want to do it because at the end of the day, it ain't going to be too many people out there with you. Not in the beginning, I like to say it like that, because you do understand that once you do start moving and once you do actually make a mark and actually say something and you're consistent in what you're saying, people do start to listen to you because at the end of the day, nobody has to tell you that you don't want the dirty glass of water. They don't have to explain to you why the dirty glass of water is going to hurt or be nasty when you drink it. They don't have to tell you that it looks like all kinds of things are floating around in this dirty water. No one has to say anything about the dirty water. All they have to do is put a clean glass of water next to it. And then in your brain, you're going to want the clean glass of water. And that is what we need to do, the wrong that we see in our world. Unfortunately, I have heard too many people talk about too many things that they're going to do and that we need to do and that we should do. Unfortunately, we need to stop talking and just put the clean glass of water next to this dirty cup. Now, it was funny because I remember growing up, you remember Mr. Rogers, y'all? Mr. Rogers was big on the neighborhood. You know, you know, won't you be my neighbor? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be mine? You know. <laughs> so he was really into what it was. He wanted you to be kind to people. He wanted you to understand people. He wanted you to use empathy and compassion. And and it helps a lot of us, like a lot of my generation, we we grew up in a place where it was good to be it was good to be together. We wanted to find out what positive things we could do. You know, it it was a different time. But I don't say that there's a different time to the point where it is out of time. 
It is never out of time to show love. It is never out of time to show kindness. It is never out of time to show compassion. And that is why it's important that you understand that tonight we're going to talk about doing right in the wrong world. 319-527-6091 is the number if you'd like to call and join in. Don't forget you have to press 1, and that will signal the board, and then once I once they tell me I will call you in and you will be able to speak. When you hear the beep, it'll be your turn to speak. And uh <laughs> I don't understand how people do what they do, but for many and many a reason, sometimes we have to think about what it is that we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing and Sometimes you have to think about why people don't do what they're supposed to do. And a lot of times people don't like to do it because they are scared of the consequences. They understand that if they do stand out to something, you know, or they do stand up for someone being wrong, then they might actually be the one, you know, it might turn around on them. It actually, like, it back, backlashes. They, they don't believe it. So, you know, when they show up in the place, they might be rejected. And sometimes, like, in Ida B. Wells situation, it might even come to physical harm, you know, and the fear of it can really lead into you not doing anything. Seriously. Now, one of the other ones is a lot of us just don't care. How many people do you know that really just don't care? I mean, be honest, you know, I ain't going to tell because, you you know, I can't see it, but you can see yourself. And you can actually ask your question, and you can see if you know it. Like, if you're a person that don't watch the news, however many stories you tell yourself of why you don't watch the news, that means you are not aware. You don't care. You can't say that you don't watch the news because you don't want to see it, because at the end of the day, you're going to see it. And the more that you don't see it or supposedly don't see it, it's still happening. So, therefore, you haven't made any it's not interesting to you. It's nothing that, you know, it's nothing that you really care about. And then you go to the opposite direction, and then you just don't know. And like I said, if you don't watch the news, you don't know what's going on. So there's a lack of awareness on how it is that you can actually speak up on something if you don't know what's going on. You have to have someone else tell you about what's happening in the world. And then when that happens, it's like, okay, So no wonder the world is so wrong because if everyone has decided that they don't want to deal with the world and the wrongness, then they'll just stay in their own little world and they never have to worry about, you know, they don't have to be aware of all the other injustices that are going on. And then God forbid, you know, you got friends, you know, because a lot of times it's, it's like a social status thing, like, we we have to speak up as a group, you know. So if the group is the if the group is against it, then we all got to be against it. Because if there's one person in the group that's against it, that one person has a really strong time, like a really hard time speaking up on the fact that we should do it this way. Because now the group is like, well, who the hell, who do you think you are? Because you know, so you got to think about all of the reasons why before you actually speak up on this right. And then, like, the last one, for real, for real, which I think that a lot of people are falling into, they just don't feel it's their story. They don't feel it's their plight. They, they're not accountable. Like, you know how people say with all the violence and everything that goes on, nobody really understands the violence until it happens on your block. Or nobody really understands what it's like to see people get gunned down in the street until it's your family member. And then all of a sudden you you feel like you know you need to you need to do something now, but you didn't need to do anything two weeks ago when it was the kids on the street on the, around the corner from you. You didn't feel as though you needed to say anything because you know there was no accountability in there. There was nobody calling your phone telling you that so and so just got caught up and they did and we got to go to the hospital because we don't know what's happening and now all of a sudden there's an accountability that's heavy on you right now so it's like you now want to do right so the reason why i'm bringing it to everyone's attention is because 
everyone has this thing about what's going on with our kids. Everyone is under, trying to understand what's violence. Everyone is trying to understand, you know, first and foremost, everyone is fighting these gun laws. Understand that the people that have guns are not the people that are being affected by these gun laws. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, most people are not registered offenders running around on the street with these guns. You know, when, when the guns that they find on the street, they're illegal, they, they have no serial numbers. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're like black marketed guns. So, yeah, I guess it really might stop somebody from buying the gun and then buying 10 to 15 guns and then coming back to the city and selling them. But for the most part, I think we need to stop worrying about the actual hardware and start worrying about the people, the person that is carrying it. I believe that we will get more done. We will be able to speak on the wrong in a better way because if we press on right in this wrong world today, it actually might just, I know it'll resonate better with our children because you got to think about it. Kids got a unique of how the world is around them. And oftentimes they look at us like adults in society and they're trying to figure out what is going on? Because you understand, because when it comes to doing right, you know, we always tell children to do right. But then if they see us, a lot of times we don't do right. So we actually are sending a confused message. And, you know, once they get a little bit older, they might even run into like resentment and, and disappointment because of the fact that they watch be, they watch adults behave in ways that, they would, you know, we would justify as wrong. Because if you raise your children, there's a right and a wrong that you kind of had. But unfortunately, that's what's going on. And I believe that's what we need to focus on even more today, because we're trying to figure out what it is. But understand that if there are no acts of kindness, acts of courage, acts of compassion, where we see these every day and we make them something, something that they want to emulate because they see these behaviors that are going on. Like every so often, well, what is it? During this, you know, in the month of September, you see like the stars, like rappers and singers and stuff, they always go back to the school and donate like book bags or something. Not to mention that school done already started, and then you done came the week after school done started with a book bag and stuff. So you done messed up everything because, you know, they got a whole list the week before school that you got to get done. So if you're really going to be proactive about really, really trying to do something that makes sense for the children and all, maybe you should think about doing your book drag, your book bag drive, like, you know, two weeks before school starts. So that way they can put all that good stuff inside the book bag. But, you know, that, I'm sorry. That's just neither here nor there. But you still they're still showing moments of doing right. But if kids could see more of that kind of stuff, more of people doing those kinds of acts of kindness and courage and just speaking up for people, speaking up for wrong. Like there's so many times that kids are in school and they're dealing with all kinds of stuff. And then when they even try to come home and talk about it, do we even give them the time of day to actually have a conversation? Or do we cut them off because we are already tired of what we think that we heard? So now we've contradicted everything about the values because their values and beliefs is coming to you to tell you what just happened because it was it was disappointing or something went wrong and it was, you know, unethical, straight up. Sometimes teachers are doing it wrong. And when teachers are doing it wrong, you know, if the if the if the child comes home and tells you something, then it's up to you as a parent to then do something with it, either do something with it, handle it. Basically, it needs to be reconciled. It doesn't need to be something where it's condoned, especially if it's wrong, because now you set the wrong example for your child. And, and it's important for us to really understand that what we do really impacts these kids. And everything that we do, I mean, from the the way that we walk into establishments, the way that we go grocery shopping, the way that we speak to people on the street, the way that we handle people in traffic. Do you understand that when kids are watching us, they are they are building everything. They are getting everything that they need so that they can become the adults of their day. And 
I believe that's where the problem is. I mean, I didn't really come on here to tell you like that, but I came on here to tell you like that. Because you do know they say that children are like wet cement. Anything that falls on them is going to leave an impression. And basically, that says that they are extremely impressionable. So therefore, while they are still young and they still have a chance to be developed, we need to make more more conscientious efforts to train up our children so that they can be molded and shaped into influential people, people that have, you know, people that you want to meet in your in your life. Like, especially when you're getting older, you want to actually be able to meet children that you done said something to, you know, growing up so that when they become adults, they actually appreciate you a lot more. They come back and they tell you about what's going on. You know, like, because you got, we got to understand that children are entirely vulnerable to a lot of the stuff that happens externally. And when I say that, I mean, you know, not, not just the television shows that they watch, but then you got their phones, social media, you got all the different things that could be happening and are happening. And it's important for adults to really be mindful of what we're doing to our children and how we are supposed to at least try to model good behavior, you know. Um, There's a lot of people that I know that are just not empathetic. And when I say that, they're not empathetic. They don't watch TV shows that show empathy. Like, you know, and you know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm talking about the shows where the man ends up, you know, killing somebody over some money or something, but then he covers it up, and then it's, like, even a bigger thing, and we watch it, and it's, like, we we, we DVR it just in case we missed it, and it's unfortunate because we didn't even realize that as we were sitting there binge-watching all of this craziness on television, our children were on the floor playing, really not paying attention to the television, but the television was giving off vibes. It gives off messages. Like, you have to understand that everything that we watch is doing something. That's why they call it television programming. You know, they're not channels for real. They used to be, like, the shows that we watch, they're programmed. Why are they programmed? Because they are programming us. So we got to realize that when we're sitting there watching these programs, what's happening to our children, especially if we're not speaking on what it is that's happening on these programs. Because a lot of times, like I said, we just watch them. And it's unfortunate because, you know, the worst ones of them all are the reality TV shows. It's so funny to me that they're called reality TV shows, but they are like the fakest thing out. And I'm not sure why they, like, why they grabbed on the way that they did, because I guess they have the word reality in it. And because they have the word reality in it, it's like people have now started to base their lives on it. And that becomes another problem. So one end you got, you know, you got the snowfalls of the world where everybody's just shooting out. Like, you know, they unloading 50 shots, 50 shots both sides. You know, we see these, we see those kind of stories on our news on a daily, damn near. So if you're not seeing that, you're seeing someone, you know, body being cut up and and found in the freezer hello like are you serious but but this is tv i have watched these shows like i have watched programs that have done and said these things so now to watch the news 10 years later and see that my news is being relayed like the criminal mind show that i used to watch it really makes you think Maybe it's time for us to do right in a wrong world. And so what does it really look like? Like, I know a lot of people are sitting here today thinking, well, I know you watch TV, so what's she talking about? I do watch TV, but unfortunately, I watch the same shows. And then once I watch it once, I can watch the reruns forever in a day. Why? Because I understand exactly the message that is given me. I understand that I don't have to put any more fighting powers against it because I don't have to, you know, find out what kind of program they're trying to throw out my way. And another thing is my son is 22 years old. 
I don't have a child in my vicinity as I'm watching any kind of show. But even me still, because I know that I might come into contact with a kid, I don't even put it into my psyche. That way I don't see the behaviors. Because you do understand that when kids see this stuff and they see all the fighting and they see all the cussing and they see all the carrying on, they see all the drugs and they see all the shooting, they realize that that's just normal behavior. And then they think that that's how people really are. They think that, you know, every time you go somewhere, you're supposed to be dressed up in $1,000 clothes and then go fight like you got on a pair of sweatpants. I never understood that. That's why I think that I got away from all reality TV because I couldn't understand why the women were fighting in, like, six-inch heels and little dresses and stuff like that. That didn't make sense to me. Like, back in the day, if people were fighting, they were fighting. They came in with T-shirts and sweatpants and Timberlands. You knew something was going down because they did not look like they came to party. They looked like they came to slow it down. But that's a completely different world. Now, like I said, you don't know if they're getting dressed up to go to a photo shoot or if they're going to beat you up when they get there. And understand that everything that we are doing, we have now shifted it onto our children. And now our children are now these young adults that are coming up. And so we have to understand that we need to say something and do things because now these children are having children. And before you know it, it's going to recycle again, even though it has already started to recycle. Because if you think about the news that you hear, they are 12 and 13-year-olds that are dying. 14 and 15-year-olds being, being gunned down on the streets, inside and outside of rec centers and, and middle schools and high schools. So we have to understand that the things that are making this world wrong is sometimes what we need to speak up on. You know, maybe that's how we do right in a wrong world. Because I've noticed that... Um, People lately have been speaking out on social media, like they're talking about, you know, putting a time limit on their kids' activity and how long they actually be out there. You know, like they're not allowed to be, you know, like they can't be on for more than 60 minutes, so that's an hour, you know, and that actually, it stops them from just consuming themselves in a bunch of not real. It doesn't help them develop creativity. You know, it doesn't help them see other things. However, if you do use this, the social media in the right way, it does help you, you know, meet different people from different cultures. So you learn different things about other people and different perspectives. There are actually TV shows where you can actually want to learn something about somebody else. And so don't don't hear me say that all television is wrong. What I'm saying is that we need to make sure that whatever we're doing is, is modeling positive behaviors and values so that it can it can boil over into our children, which will then instill in them some, some greatness. Because remember, if they're like wet cement, if they're like wet cement, it doesn't mean that they dry instantly. It just says that over a period of time, they will harden. So if we have already firmed them and put them in a place where they need to be, you, you understand, then then we can understand that th- there's a little bit more groundedness in their firm foundation. You, you understand? Because, see, what I realize is that the more that we are able to get on social media and the more we are able to, like, I guess, tune the world out, it seems like people are getting further and further away from God. And that is why, you know, that's why my my tag is God got goons, because regardless of where you are, regardless of your walk, regardless of how you're doing exactly what you're doing, if you've gone through something, if you had to realize that there was more into life than what you had at that moment and that there was no other way for you to do it but to fight this thing, to walk that thing and talk that thing out, then that's what makes you a goon. That's what gives you the power to speak up on wrong because at the end of the day, you've been there, you've done that, and you're better because of it. So until you actually press down on your pain, I heard somebody say, you know, I'm getting paid for my pain. I'm sorry. It's, it's just as simple. 
If I went through it, I didn't go through it just so it could be bottled up and never talked about again. I went through it so that the next person doesn't have to go through it, and then I can capitalize on whatever it is that I've gone through. Because if it can help you, if it can help the next man, then it needs to help the next man, because that's why I went through it. So you don't have to do it. Now, remember, if you're out there and you even have an example that you would want to, you know, speak up on or you have something that's going on right now where you're just looking at social justice and you want to speak up on it or you see all the people that are, you know, homeless in your neighborhood or you see that there's, like, blatant racism going on or, you know, just some of the inequalities that are happening in the world. Like, you can look, you can drive through neighborhoods. It's funny because in one neighborhood, you walk, you can ride down the street, and you see absolutely positively no trash. In another neighborhood, you walk down, you drive down the street, and all you see is trash. And you'd be trying to think, well, when is trash day? And you look and you say, well, trash day is that day, so why is there so much trash still on the ground? That says that nobody is thinking about the trash that's on the ground, but they're only accountable to their trash. You know, I made this trash, and because I made this trash, I'm taking this trash to the curb, and that's it. Now, when my trash falls over and the other trash falls out the bag, that's on somebody else. That's fair game. And so you got everybody thinking that somebody else is going to pick it up, but nobody else is picking it up. Do you understand that at the end of the day, that just becomes an injustice? Because why do I got to be subjected to the fact that you didn't want to do it, but yet in order for it to get done, I got to do it. So that puts a lot more, you know, that puts a lot more more problems on me because now I'm the one that's got to fix it. So that's why sometimes it's hard to do right in the wrong world. But that's why tonight we're coming in so that we can find powerful ways of doing right. The number again to call in is 319. Five two seven six zero nine one, and uh, again, like I said, press one if you'd like to talk. And of course, I always like to take it from where we are today. But because of the fact that I believe that as a world we're just getting so far away from God and His promise and His purpose, you know, I like to relate everything that we talk about to the Bible. And, of course, can you think of any examples uh, that you've seen in the Bible where someone is doing something, they're standing up for right in the wrong world? You know, like, I got to think about it right now. It's funny because, you know, everyone's on a Daniel fast. Remember, we this is, the, this is Lent, and this is the 40 days before the resurrection of Christ. So Daniel fast is big for people because Daniel certain thing like he only ate he, he didn't eat what the Babylonians basically offering he did what he was supposed to do he followed he followed the law of God like he did his thing because that's how he believed it and everything was going on um you know the Babylonians had oppressed the Jewish people and they had conquered them and they were, they had moved all the people into their land. And because of the fact that that was happening, you know, they made them actually just go along with what was going on at that time. You know, eating the, the meat, drinking of the drink and all that. And Daniel was like, no. Like he believed in it. He believed in God and he believed in his faith. And so he stayed committed to what it was that he was doing. And in the, in the manner of Daniel... It basically is that, you know, he had to, in, what, interpret a dream for the king, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, right? And then he was threatened because they, they, they threatened the killing because if nobody could provide the interpretation, they were supposed to die. And then he didn't give up on it. He actually prayed to God for the goddess, and he got the interpretation of the dream, right? So basically... He saved himself on that, but not only did he save himself, but he saved the other people that were having to interpret it because no one else had to die. And then, of course, everyone knows about Daniel and the lion's den, and that was punishment for refusing to do what the king said, basically, like because 
that was, you know, that was the biggest thing. But God protected Daniel because of the fact that he was standing up for right in the wrong world, like in the wrong place. Like, so he was doing right no matter what. And basically, it shows you what it is to have power and belief in God and stand strong on your faith. And as long as you understand that it is important to you and you can remain true to your values and your beliefs, then you understand that no matter what it looks like, no matter how the world is falling around around you, you, you're good. And God's got you. Look at Moses, right? Now, Moses was Hebrew and was raised in Pharaoh's court. Right. So, and we all know how that went because his mom heard, they overheard that they were killing the babies. So what did they do? They sent, they put Moses in the basket, remember, and sent him down the river. And his sister, and Pharaoh's sister picked him up. So at the same token, he actually was born uh, a, a Hebrew, but he was raised in Pharaoh's, like in Egypt. So if you think about that, when it came down to it, and he got a little bit older, remember, he chose to align himself with the fact that he was Hebrew, and he did more for the slaves, you know, because Moses is the one that told Pharaoh, you got to let my people go. But it was God that told him to do it, because remember, he fought like the Dickens. Uh-uh, why would I go? I can't even talk. I'm stuttering. You know, like all of the things that we think about that would always resonate with wrong. When it's really time to stand up and do right. There's a couple of other ones, like, you know, Esther. Esther was a good one because at the end of the day, Esther didn't have to say anything because what she was going to do was get herself killed for speaking up. But what she did was she actually spoke up and the king understood and heard what she said. And she actually saved all the Jews from destruction because of the fact that she stood up for wrong. I mean, for right in a wrong time and of course you know you got jesus you can't you can't talk about you know especially in the 40 days you can't actually just forget about jesus because that might have been the best example or the ultimate example he's always the best example of doing right in the wrong world right and what are we trying to do every day trying to be more like jesus because that is what we strive to do we need to be christ-like in this thing so you can actually deal with the world while we're going through violence and injustice, you know, because Jesus chose to just speak the message of love, compassion, and justice. I'm telling you, it's the love, compassion, and justice because what he spoke out against, for real, for real, was the hypocrisy of religious leaders and how many people know that there are some religious leaders that are doing their own thing and ain't got nothing to do with God, but yet they are leading church in certain ways and doing different things. And you're just like, "Ah, should I speak up, speak up? I'm telling you tonight that if you see wrong, it's time to speak up on it. It's time to do right in the wrong world. And then, you know, I mean, but there's a lot of examples in the in the Bible, for real, for of people that speaking up in wrong or doing wrong or having wrong done to them, and they still took the, the you know, like the good way out. It's funny because I like to use David, but everybody always likes to say what David did. Like, oh, David slept in Bathsheba. You do know that David is also the man that Jesus, that God said, I'm well pleased. So come on, y'all. What which, which story is it that we really want to resonate? But if you think about it, David was anointed king as a kid, remember? But then he had to go back to the sheep, and he was in, in the field for a long time, still as a shepherd. And remember, Saul was in charge, and Saul really didn't even like David. So he was going through his own little challenges. Remember that, that I remember the one, the, um, when when at one time David was playing the harp for him and Saul was like throwing spears at him. Like, come on, but he continued to play the harp. Like that's powerful. That's powerful because the first thing you would think of if somebody threw something at you is to pick it up and throw it back. You you think about all of the things that happened or like Joseph. 
you know, now Joseph is the one. Joseph had the brother, and he he had a dream, told somebody about the dream. The next thing you know, jo- the the brothers all went, uh, they all went on a trip, and they didn't do Joseph in the daggone well, like sold him. You know what I mean? Like silly stuff, like things that just don't happen to you, that shouldn't happen to you. But then he ends up going to jail because of, you know, because of Potiphar's wife and all of that. But then he actually gets out of prison because he actually interpreted a dream and he actually got to be in a position of power and then turned around and helped the brothers that betrayed him. Do you understand what I'm saying about doing right in the wrong world? Sometimes you got to step out above what it is that you know of what it is that you believe and just rest on right. And if you can rest on right, sometimes that's the best thing that you need to do. A lot of times you need to educate yourself. You need to understand what it is that you're trying to do or, you know, or actually insert yourself into the situation in the right way so that it makes sense. And then you get involved. You start to talk to people. You go out there and you actually start speaking up on the wrong that you know is wrong. And how do you do it? Like I said, it's nothing major that you have to do because if you have a glass of dirty water, all you need to do is set a clean glass right next to it. People are going to want it. So like I was saying about Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate example of doing right in the wrong in a wrong world. But I understand that someone out here tonight might not even know what Christ is all about, how that works. So what we do here at Purpose Kingdom Network is we do something called the call of salvation. And the reason why we do a call of salvation is because it's an individualized invitation for you to receive the message that God is here for you. So you have to understand what it is that God is trying to say, understand what he's trying to do it for, and then you accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior. That's how it works. It's the individual opportunity for you to turn from the life that you're living to, and we call that sin, and to receive the gift of salvation through faith in Christ. That's how it works. It's extremely personal, and no one, it's funny because everyone gets a call or receives a call in a different way. God speaks to all of us in different ways. I believe this. I know this for a fact because, trust me, I have two shows. One of them is called D-Block Church, and that is for the whosoever wills. And this one here is God Got Goons, and we out here. And so that means wherever you are, as long as you are working together saving God's kingdom, you are a goon. So if you're out there and you have never asked God to come into your life, because it's a real personable moment, but it actually is a time for you to just be real straight, real honest with God and put your sin on the altar and ask him to really come into your life and make you new, change you. He ain't going to do it overnight, though. That's the thing. We all want something miraculous to happen. But it's not even so much that. It's just the changing of your mind because you then want more. You then look for more. So if you're out there and you've never had that moment where you've actually asked God to come into your life, then you can repeat after me. Father God, I come to you today acknowledging that I am a sinner and I am in need of your forgiveness. I do believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again to offer me the gift of salvation. I turn from my sin and put my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me and for extending the call of salvation to me. I receive the gift of salvation in your grace and mercy. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you said that or something like that, Understand that the next thing that you need to do is to get affiliated with a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And the reason why I say that is because once you start to get into the Bible and you can actually start to relate the stories of the Bible into your life, then then the Bible will become a real piece of information for you. You know, they say basic 
basic instructions before leaving earth. It's something that whether it's the Torah, the Quran, the Bible, however you need to do, whatever it is to get you closer to what God is trying to say in your life, that's where you need to be. So what can I say? But we're going to work on doing right in a wrong world. Brother Rob? All right, all right. Excellent program tonight, Adrian. I uh, really appreciate uh, the message that was brought forth tonight. I just thank you for uh, just bringing forth that word tonight. Uh, real quickly, I'll go into the announcements. This is a part of the Purpose Kim Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you're listening to us uh, via phone or you listen to us online, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support of us here at Purpose Kim Network. And we also thank those that share with their friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kim Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And when we do a live show, we do have a calling number, which is 319-527-6091. And anytime you want to talk to one of the hosts, you just hit the number one. Also on this very same website of www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom, you can also hear some of our past shows. And uh, you simply just type in the show name or the host name. You can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. We also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is under Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. Uh, we can see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and from time to time we do make major announcements on that social media pages as well as others like Instagram and Twitter where we're under Purpose underscore Kingdom. Uh, if you want to uh, contact us via email, you can contact us at, purpose, at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request uh, or just, you know, uh, just let us know how we're doing. And if you're in need of a Bible, just leave the contact information, and we'll see about getting you a Bible, all right? And uh, with uh, God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 8 p.m. hour, and that's going to be uh, the show by Faith We Good, and that's going to be hosted by Minister Bernard Merrill. And once again, with God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for By Faith We Good, and that's going to be hosted by Minister Bernard Merrill. And with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and uh, we're going to turn the show back over to Minister Adrian. Well, thank you so much, Brother Rob. Um, 8 p.m. tomorrow, y'all don't want to miss by faith we good, okay? Minister Myro is is doing the thing, all right? And if you don't understand anything about what it is that God is really trying to say, then you want to listen to Myro because the way he, the way he break it down is 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 like is good is good time. Remember, because all of the things like Brother Rob just told you is on our Purpose Kingdom network, the www.blogtalkradio backslash Purpose Kingdom, and you can check out our archive. And how would I like to wrap tonight up? Doing right in a wrong world basically seems like. You just need to speak up for the injustice. You need to speak up for the inequality. You need to speak up against corruption. And it can be easy to be discouraged and overwhelmed. But when you understand that there's a group of us that are doing it, it becomes even easier to do. And sometimes, like I said, when you start to read the Bible, you'll realize that the examples of what's going on are in the Bible. So it shows you what you can do to make a difference. And no matter how it looks or whatever, you see the circumstances, but then you see that by staying committed to the values and working on the justice and working on the inequality and remember being to God, you can create and you will create the better future for yourselves and our kids and the future generations, I'm telling you. Because if we, if we can find inspiration from anything that we've, done and that we've seen before us, that's what we need to commit ourselves to. That's what we want to work hard to do. We want to build a world that reflects God's vision. We want to build a world that reflects God's vision, justice, peace, and love. And together, we can do right in a wrong world. So I wanted to leave you with five things because, you know, 
we come from the world. What what what, what was the man's name? What was the group? If you know what the group is, call right now and tell me what the group is. Three one nine five two seven six zero nine one. What do they say? I got five on it. Um, oh, Lunis, look, it's something like that. I think it's Lunis, right? But here go my five. Love, integrity, compassion, forgiveness, and humility. Those are the five things that if you can't do anything else in a wrong world on love, because the Bible teaches us that love is the foundation of everything, all the relationships that we have. Remember, they said, love thy neighbor as thyself, right? So love is important. Integrity. Why is it important to be to, to be honest? It's important to have integrity because people will come to you. People will believe in you. Like, if you speak love and speak truth and speak in faithfulness, there's no other way that people will not understand exactly what it is. That's called, you know, being trustworthy. We understand that your word is your bond. Someone used to tell me all the time, Agent, you might talk a lot, but I can tell you that everything you talk about, I can take it to the bank. <laughs> that used to crack me up, but she was serious because at the end of the day, she understands that there's an integrity that comes out, that comes with me. Like, it might not sound the way you need it to sound, but in a couple of days after you hear it again, you might understand it and you'll understand that regardless of whatever I talk about, there's an integrity in what I'm talking what I'm talking to you about. And another thing that you can tell when I talk is compassion. Why? Because it actually tells you to have compassion for others so that you can actually see the vulnerable and you can see the marginalized. You can see the people that are less than if you actually are being compassionate. You understand what it looks like for somebody to be sick or somebody to be homeless or someone to be, you know, oppressed. You understand what it looks like because you have compassion for them. That's when you get to show your kindness and your mercy for somebody. Why? At the end of the day, you want someone to have compassion for you and forgiveness. With all the things that are going on in this world right now, the biggest thing that we got to focus on is forgiveness because guess what? There is going to be wrong. There has been wrong. We see it every day. But in order for us to get past that wrong, we have to learn how to forgive. And lastly is humility. Basically, we got to humble ourselves. What does it say? If my people should call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then they would still see my face. Come on. We try to figure out what's up. We try to figure out where God is. God is telling you that there's a humbleness that's got to come through all of us. And that that is what? Basically putting yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding that there are limitations and they got weaknesses and now you can understand where it's coming from. So because of the fact that it's calling us to humility, we want to, you know, they say seek wise counsel, find out what's going on, and then turn around and then want to make adjustments or want to speak up or want to stand in, in the gap and help somebody. You know, and you think that these five, these five here, out of all the things of tonight, remember, the only thing that you really need to be focusing on is if you see wrong, you should make it right. So how do you, how can we be right in a wrong world? Stand on what God said. Stand on what you know and be strong and be faith and, and be, be steadfast and unmovable in that faith. And then that is how you can stand up for right in the wrong world. And as long as you're looking at it, and if you use the Bible, like I said, it will guide you in making decisions that make sense for everyone. And it honors God. And it shows his love and his mercy and his grace in our lives. So I believe that y'all could do it because I know we can do it. So trust me when I tell you, maybe tomorrow you listen to this, send it to two people and say, hey, guess what? We can do this together. Like I said, divided we fall, together we stand, divided we fall with love, 
we can conquer it all. I'll see y'all next week. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And y'all have a good night. Don't forget, 8 Jesus o'clock bled. tomorrow by Faith We Do. Jesus bless. I'm good. He raised me, I, I will, will not lose. lose. He saved me, I, I will, will not lose. lose. Set me free, I, I will, will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. Save me.